Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. We sung a song earlier, leave it there, take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm glad I've got a place I can take my burdens to. Uh, One that hears them and can help with it. I trust today that uh, if you're not right with God, that you'll be obedient to Him this morning and and obey Him. Turn with us today to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 5. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 5, just a few verses that we're going to read, beginning at verse number 6. Grateful for the Word of God today. It's a challenge to my heart, always is. If uh, we're obedient and we'll listen to the Word of God, it'll challenge us. I'm reminded in the the Gospels where Jesus warned them, he said, except you also repent, you shall all likewise perish. Now, it's unpopular today to preach a gospel that requires repentance of sins, but you're a sinner and you need to repent. All of us do. Uh, The Bible said there's none good, no, not one. That's not changed. The Old Testament, we talked about it this morning. The psalmist even wrote of his own un ungoodness and wrote of God seeking and finding none that understand it nor seeked after him. And we know today that there's still none good. We, we're sinners, you see. Uh, we, need to, we need to trust in God today and be saved if we're not. So I trust that you'll obey him. First Corinthians chapter number five, verse number six, your glorying is not good. Knowing or know ye not that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Father, open our hearts now to your word. I pray for the unbeliever among us, God, that the challenge of sinlessness, God, would, Lord, bring them to a place of surrender to you. Thank you for your goodness, God. We see it present so bountifully and abundant everywhere and all the time. Help us in this day, God, to honor you and to serve you. We pray for the unction of the Holy Spirit. Our earnest desire, God, is to be obedient to you. Speak from this. Challenge our hearts and purge us of sin. We ask it believing as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We have a lesson on leaven this morning. Um, thought I've been carrying for a few weeks now and uh, it's continuously challenged me uh, to find those areas of my life where leaven may be. Now, it may seem strange to use leaven as a uh, an analogy to sin, but not according to Scripture. The Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament used leaven as an example of sin, what it is, its dangers, 
how it works. And I'm afraid today we live in a society where the leaven of sin has found its place into every life and there seems to be no more concern in the hearts of men and women uh, that they have violated the, the commands of God, the dictates of God, they have offended God and we stand in jeopardy today as this same God will judge us. But I want you to think about this this morning, what it means to have the leaven of sin in your own life. Lesson on leaven. You know, I'm not a baker. Uh, I don't know that I've ever baked anything. I uh, confess I've eaten a lot of baked goods, but never never made any. Uh, so when it comes to the use of leaven and, and how it's used, uh, I'm, I'm afraid that when I first started uh, receiving this direction of God, I, I just didn't really grasp the fullness of it. So uh, I did what most folks do today. I Googled some of it. Uh, I, I couldn't find anybody patient enough to give me the, the, the scoop on it, so I just Googled and, and was able to discern that it doesn't take much leaven to make a big difference. Um, leaven can be uh, sodium bicarbonate, if, if I read that correctly, baking soda, uh, it can be yeast. And uh, certainly in the days of old, it was probably yeast, something of that nature. Uh, when I was reading on how much leaven it takes to, uh, to create the desired effect, I found that um, it was a teaspoon per cup of flour. Now, some of you may have different recipes, so don't take fault with me over that. But at least what it said on the internet was a teaspoon to a cup of flour. Now, I really didn't even have uh, the ability in my mind to, to to figure out what that meant. So I just asked the question, and it said 192 parts flour to one part leaven. Now, I don't know, if it, but but that's pretty clear. It's a very small amount. Jesus would go as far to say is that you can hide it in the lump, but you cannot hide the effects of it. That's the danger of leaven. So I want to share this morning my heart with you concerning uh, the things that leaven or sin does to us, the things that leaven or sin that does to, you know, some would say Preacher, is it really necessary to preach on sin so often? And and I would emphatically say yes. Uh, and and the reason why is because you folks ain't perfect yet. None of us have got to the place that we are exempt from sinning. Now we're a lot better than we used to be because there's something holy living in us. The Holy Spirit that abides within us is certainly transforming us day over day into something that is more like him and less like us. But I would contend today that if that sin is as great a problem as it's ever been, that people are still subject to the dangers and the effects of sin. And we live in a culture, in a society today where it's called good, right? They take the evil of this world and call it good, and they call the good evil. It is the day that we live in. It is a time when it seems that people live however they want to live, as if there is no retribution, there is no recompense, there is no reckoning 
to living in sin, but may I say to you today that God has not changed. He's not changed. His word is not changed. It won't change, by the way. So just your acquiescence to live in sin won't change God's mind. God still loves you. I have no doubt of that. But God still hates your sin. He always has. He always will. Sin is an abomination in the eyes of God. He is a holy God that is without sin. And I can assure you that when you get to heaven, there's no sin there. No sinner enters into heaven. You say, preacher, maybe I heard you wrong, but I thought you said we were all sinners. I'm going to be clear today that what he did in my heart was to transform the inner man and he purged me that day of all sin. And he then sealed me till the day of redemption. The only part of me that's going to heaven is the part on the inside that Jesus Christ made new in himself and imputed the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I have nothing to boast in. As a matter of fact, all that you see of me, they'll lay in a coffin one day and they'll put it in the ground out here. But the man on the inside goes to heaven because sin got dealt with through Christ. Now, we still have sin to contend with in the flesh. And if you're living apart from Christ, unsaved, lost this morning, then sin still rules in your inner man as well. Either way, sin is a problem. I want us to look this morning at the problem with leaven, the problem with leaven, and use that friend as an analogy. I hope to God that he'll search us today and that every heart. You say, preacher, I don't drink and I don't curse I don't commit adultery and I don't kill and I don't steal. Well, I'm glad for that. I'm, I'm really glad for that because you'd probably go to jail for most of it. But I'm glad because, friend, if, if, if you've, you've at least understood that there are laws, then maybe there are some dictates of morality in your mind. But hear me now, just wanting to kill is still sin. Just wanting to commit adultery is still sin. You can't separate it in the mind of God because he understands the motive in your heart and he's not confused about whether you are or are not a sinner. Friend, we're a sinner when we violate the mandates of conscience and when we go against the the, the very premises of God's holy word and righteousness you say preacher can anyone truly be good not in the flesh but if you ain't been born again in the spirit if the inner man hadn't been changed by the power of his forgiveness and your sins washed away never to be remembered anymore friend you've got a sin problem that nobody can fix but God today sin is still the problem uh I remember the old timers used to say sin is to blame. Sin is to blame. Uh, when it comes right down to it, there are several problems with leaven. Several problems with leaven. Number one, it starts small. Oftentimes, the sin of our life is minuscule to the world. Did you know that most people don't know when you actually sin? Because most of the real sin that occurs in your life was in your heart. <laughs> 
It was in your mind. It was in your imaginations. It was in your thoughts. And did you know that God knows all of them? (laughs) That's scary to some, but oh, I'm glad that he does. Did you know if he didn't know my thoughts, I'd try to hide them? If he didn't know my imagination, if he didn't know my, my heart, if he didn't know what was on the very inside of me, I know me, I'd try to hide it from God. But I'm glad today that God's, he knows everything that I've ever thought. He knows everything. I've ever imagined. He's know everything that's ever gone through my mind. And God knows the motive behind it. He knows the lust behind it. He knows the vileness behind it. He knows what my flesh is all about. And I'm glad to report today that God has an answer for all of it. Friend, it ain't the big things that are gonna get you in trouble. They will bark my words. But I'll tell you right now, it's the little things that start in you that you don't pay any attention to. You ain't paying any attention to the attitudes of your heart. You're not paying attention uh, to the jealousy in your mind. You're not paying attention to the pride that has raised itself up in your life. You've not paid attention to the little areas of disobedience that you refuse to line up with the word of God. You may think it's small, but Brother Levin works as small as it may be. You see, it don't take much. It only takes a little bit of leaven to actually affect the whole thing. It starts small, but oh, it has a great effect and it moves quickly. I wonder how many of us today are are harboring those little sins, those little sins that we think nobody else knows about, them little sins. Amen. We we have a grudge against somebody and nobody knows about it and we just keep that to ourselves and we just let that cancerous thing live inside of us and we just let it go on in there and we wouldn't dare mention it to somebody lest they say, hey, you got a problem. You better get right with that person. You better say you're sorry to that person or you better seek to get right with that person. You say, preacher, you're meddling. It ain't none of your business. I'll tell you right now, when he called me to preach, he made it my business to tell you what the word of God says and if you ain't ready, amen to deal with your sin, I don't care if it's a grudge, I don't care if you're backbiting or whispering, it doesn't make any difference, friend, what you think and how big or how small you think it is, it don't take much sin to wreck somebody's life people think today as long as they're not doing the big sins well I don't know who you thought you were, but you ain't God so, so if you thought you could categorize one over another, you probably ought to back up and think it again because he never gave you the privilege to say which one was worse than another. As a matter of fact, according to God, he said if you're guilty of one, you're guilty of all of them. Now that might seem extreme, but I'll tell you right now, he's an extreme God. And he said if you're guilty of one sin, you're guilty of the whole law today. I don't know about you, but that makes sin a pretty important topic of my life and I better reconcile with God and see if I've got sin and get right with God. All them things you've been doing, all them things you've been saying, all those things that you've been been exposing yourself to that nobody knows about. Let me tell you something, there's a God in heaven that knows about it. 
He knows everything you've done. He knows everything you've you said, preacher, it ain't that big a deal. I got control of it. Amen. It don't have control on me. I'll tell you right now, that's, that's the famous last words of every broken family is that I got this. It ain't got control of me. I know just exactly what I'm doing. I can quit anytime I want to. I'll tell you right now, the devil has lied to a many, amen, and took them right on down into the pit by convincing them that they had control of this, amen, until the sad day came when God called their name and they wasn't able to respond, amen, as a born again believer and they went to hell that day. God knows your heart, friend. A little bit of sin is an obstruction to fellowship with God. You can't worship God. I'll tell you right now, you can come in here, you can give your testimony, testify, sing, you can pray, you can read the Bible to us, you can do everything you want to, but if you've got sin in your life, you're a liar and you've deceived yourself and you need to get right with God today before it's too late for you. We don't need to mess around with leaven. All it takes is just a little bit in that cup of flour. Do you know it's the same color as the flour? You can't tell the difference. Once you drop that teaspoon in there, it's over with. You can't pick it out. You can't separate it. You say, preacher, that's a problem. If I can't get it out once it's in, that's been the problem since Adam, friend. I don't know if you realize that, but that was Adam and Eve's problem. Once they had committed it, they couldn't uncommit it. It what they couldn't get rid of it. They sold them some fig leaves together to try to appease and to cover up what had happened. And God said that won't do. I'll tell you right now, there ain't but one way to rid you of leaven, and that is a miracle. It would take a mi- if you dropped a teaspoon of leaven into a cup of flour, it'd be a miracle for you to get all of it out. It's no more or less of a miracle for God to get sin out of your life either. And I'm telling you right now, it don't take much. It just takes a little. Whatever it is that you're conjuring or you've compromised in your mind, you've justified in your little mind, amen, that it ain't hurting nobody. Nobody knows about this. Nobody cares whether I do or I don't do this. It's not affecting me. It's not affecting my family. Listen, friend, that's how the devil deceives people today. And that's why that the churches across this country are so powerless is because they ain't got no holiness anymore. They don't care about offending God. They don't care about keeping the word of God. I don't care who you are. You'll stand and give an account to the Almighty one day. He's the ruler. He's the judge. Not you and not me. I'm not legislating some kind of morality from the pulpit as if I have authority. I'm telling you right now by the authority of this book that you will give an account to a holy God and he will not have missed anything in your life. Nothing. Don't take much. Don't take much. A little leaven, leaven is the whole lump. But also know this, every sin has an effect. Even though it don't take much leaven. Say, preacher, I... I just got a half teaspoon of leaven, right? I ain't got much sin. Let me tell you something. You can try to use a half teaspoon. You'll still see an effect. Sin will never be in your life that it will not have an adverse effect on you. Now, we might tell ourselves it doesn't. 
We might convince ourselves that it doesn't, but that ain't the truth. And I don't care what kind of flag you wave. I don't care who you tell me you like or don't like or love or don't love. You can, you can try to convince everybody else of your innocence, but friend, ain't none of us ever been innocent. The Bible said we was born in sin. Hey Amen. I've got a heredity of sin. It's innate within me. I was born a sinner. You say, preacher, if you was born a sinner, how's babies go to heaven when they die? Because Jesus died on a cross. Jesus died on a cross. You say, well, they never got saved. I tell you right now, they didn't have to. Jesus died on the cross for sinners. You know who he'll save? Who he will? Thank God. I don't know how I got on that, but I'm thanking God. Them little babies that leave, amen, before their time, at least in our minds, God's got them. God's got them. But don't you think for a minute they entered heaven because they is innocent. No, sir. They is born a sinner. They carried the trait of Adam and Eve, and they've got it. They can't wash it off. You can't wash it off. They try to baptize it off of them right out of the womb. They try to anoint them with this or that. They try to bring them right into the church, consecrate them, catechize them. It don't make any difference what you try to do. You can't make a person sinless. And they all sinners, all. The only reason anybody goes to heaven is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. Babies ain't no exception. They get to go because of him. That's it. Only takes a little. But number two, it always has an effect. It always has an effect. You say, well, it's not, it's not hurt me yet. Takes a minute for Levin to do his work. You got to let, let it alone a little bit. They say it's a time of proofing. That's what the pizza makers say. You got to let that dough proof. You got to give a little time. You got to mix all that together. Do all you're going to do and put it in the refrigerator and leave it alone for a couple hours. It ain't going to be ready till then. Let me tell you something. Leaven may take a delayed effect. Sin may have a delayed effect on your life. You may commit sin and you may not have uh, immediate consequences come and affect you, but you mark my word. Hear me for him. You mark my word. There's effect coming. There is something coming. You say, how do you know? Because the Lord Jesus was instructive enough to share with us that you can't, you can't plant something that's bad and get something that's good. He said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever you sow, that shall you also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh reap corruption. And if you sow to the spirit, you'll of the spirit reap everlasting life. Listen, you can try to moderate or or, or compromise with God. You can try everything you want to to get sin to have no effect on your life, but you can't stop the effects of sin. It always has a consequence. Sin always has an effect. And not only does it have an effect, but it affects the whole. You see, sin doesn't just affect a part of you When sin is present, it affects all of you. You say, no, I've got that compartmentalized. 
compartmentalized. I've got that sin isolated. It's only one little part of my life. Nobody knows about it. It's not hurting anybody else. Let me tell you something. You're lying to yourself. Sin has an effect. You say, how so? I can tell you this much. If you actually believe, if you actually believe that your sin is compartmentalized and that you've got it under control, you've already got deceived by it. Because sin will always have an effect and it will always affect the whole of you. If it was any other way, Brother Greg, we, what would happen was is we kind of just dis, detach ourselves from that, come on to the house of God and just worship with the rest of them. But you know, God, God don't allow that. God's not fooled by my actions. He's not fooled by my life. He's not fooled of my motives. He's not fooled of why I'm here this morning. He's not fooled why I won't be here tonight or I will be. He knows why everything. He knows why I will be here. And I'll tell you right now, he's already determined whether it's good or bad. I might have already looked at it and said, well, that's fine. God don't care what I think. He don't care what I think. He's not lining up my sin with my, your sin to see whether mine's better than yours or less than yours or not as bad as yours. God don't care. He's not looking at it that way. No, brother, he made the rules and he's comparing your life to his book. And if your life don't measure up, you've got sin in it today. Amen. And sin's a problem. The problem with leaven is it starts small. It has an effect. And it affects the whole. And that's what sin does. Listen, I, I see some of these poor old fellas over here nodding. I don't see anybody else there. Everybody else going, hmm. I tell you right now, I know. Don't you know? Sin has an effect. Ain't you been there when your heart gets indifferent toward God and you're cold and you can't feel the Spirit of God anymore? Have you been there? Can anybody testify that they know what it's like for sin to have stolen the joy of their salvation? Has anybody known what it's like to experience the separation or the fellowship breaking between you and the Holy Ghost? Amen. When you live in sin and you disregard that sin and you won't repent of that sin, does anybody know the anguish when sin has its effect? Some of you do. Some of you do. Some of you have been there, done that. You're still wearing the T-shirt. I mean, you know what sin can cost you. Why in the world do we allow God miraculously to take care of our sin and then we turn right around and we do it again? Don't tell me you don't. You've done it. The very thing that he forgave you of yesterday, you could be guilty of right now. Every one of us have been in that. Every one of us has experienced that. I'll tell you right now, sin has an effect and it's a problem. You say, is it really that severe? Let me tell you something. I believe, I believe the problem in the church today, universally, and it's here too, right? I'm just trying to be clear that it ain't just here. It's everywhere. The problem in the church today is that sin is in it too, right? And you want to take away the power of God in a church? Just let sin rule. Just let sin reign in the benches. Just let sin be in the pulpit. And you'll take away every power, amen, that can save a soul. 
amen, when we allow sin to stay in our presence. Now, I realize some of you don't want to hear this, and some of you are ready to go to the house. But you know what? It don't make no difference. I'm I'm looking for God to do something that is miraculous of nature. I'm looking for God to save some people that need to be born again. I'm looking for God to have an effect on our backsliders and those that need to get right with God. And you say, preacher, what's the recipe? Well, according to the word of God, we've got to repent. Repent of what? Sin. Sin has to be dealt with in the church. He'd go as far to say is that judgment must begin at the house of God. Now, I get it if you're lost, right? Hear what I'm fixing to say to you. If you ain't been born again, I get it. You can't fuss at a blind man for stumping his toe. Right. Huh? Right? right? You, you ain't going to fuss at a blind man for falling in the ditch. As a matter of fact, if you're lost, I expect you to be there tomorrow. Yeah. Right? You can't keep your fool self out of the ditch when you're blind. Bless God, if you've been born again, you've got, a different, you've got a different knowledge about this thing. You know better. You've been redeemed from this sin. He has washed it from the inside of you and made you clean of heart. And he has sealed that so he can preserve. You know why he had to do that? Because he knew we'd mess it up within an hour of getting saved. He made you and I. He gave, he gave us eternal life. And brother, what he needs for us to do today is to live that way. Amen. Live with an attitude that is real and conscious of our sin against God, that we might also repent. Once it's there, you don't have the ability to get it out. And see, a lot of people think they can. A lot of people think they control sin, and they control the effects of the sin. You, you, you've never, <laughs> you plant a bad seed, you can't stop it from growing. It's going to grow without you. And it's going to come up and it'll yield its fruit. The only way to get, at, the only way to get away from the, the consequences and the real full effects of sin is for something miraculous to happen. Something has to totally extract the seed itself. Something has to deal with the root of the problem. If you don't deal with the root of the problem, you're going to get some fruit. And that fruit, friend, of, of sin has grave consequences. We come to the place then of recognizing that the problem of sin, though they be many, and, and let's be honest, we have sin, and it needs to be dealt with. And I believe the Holy Spirit's doing it. Right? I, don't, I, I guarantee you, I, I trust him. I trust him. You know, he knows that I don't know. But now he knows, and I'm trusting him to be dealing with sin in here, in you, and in me. Wanting to deal severely with the sin that's in our life that handicaps us from experiencing the goodness and the greatness of an almighty God. Sin will do that. Sin will do that. What has to happen? Well, you got to be purged of it. Now, it's impossible to purge, to purge the lump once it has the leaven in it. It's impossible for you or me to get that out of it. Now, that hasn't changed. 
Adam and Eve couldn't get rid of it. Right? And I can't get rid of it. The, the sin that I have committed, the violation against God, the, the offense that I have committed against the holy God, I can't get rid of that. To get, rid, to get the leaven out of the lump requires something miraculous. Let me tell you what, it, let me tell you what is not. And, and don't even try this, by the way. Don't call the preacher and say, I need to tell you something. I'm not your priest. You've got one of them. And by the way, he already knows what you're fixing to tell him. Don't mess with me. Don't bother me with, I can't help you with it. Other than to point you to where you should have went to start with. You've got a high priest. And thanks be unto God Almighty. He can get rid of your sin problem. Say it's a miracle. Yep, he's the miracle man. (laughs) He can get rid of your sin problem. Say how in the world can Jesus pay my sin debt? Well, he had to give himself for that. Right? We know... I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believeth. Huh? What's the gospel of Christ? That he died and that on the third day he rose again for your sin death. Now, if we know that Jesus has died for our sins, then we have an advocate with the Father. James would say, or little John, he would say, my little children, I write unto you that you sin not. But he said, if you do sin, when you sin, he said, you have an advocate with the Father. Who? Jesus Christ, the righteousness. You have an advocate. You have somebody that can get the leaven out of the lump. Nobody else can do that. Your wife can't do it. Your husband can't do it. The preacher can't do it. The deacons can't do it. Nobody can do it. And you for sure can't do it. It takes something miraculous. This apathetic attitude that somehow or another our sins don't affect our lives is killing the church. It cripples the church. What we need to do is to be honest about sin. We need to man up and recognize that when we sin against God, we must go to God and find remedy for the sin. Now, what the apostle said was this. He said that if if you would confess your sin, what? He said he was faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. Let me say thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank God for that. How many thousands and thousands of times have we had to say, I'm sorry. I've sinned. And how many thousands and thousands of times, and I ain't leaving out not one, did he not say, you're forgiven. But if you have not repented of your sin, don't think for a second you got away with it. 
Because the miracle of purging of sin does not occur until we have done the one thing we can do, and that is repent. He said, if you'll do that, repent how? Well, he's a little specific with that. He said, with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, right? I ain't interested in you sniggering while you're trying to repent of that that ungodliness that you're trying to get, get rid of. No, but if you're broken over it, if you're tired of it and you acknowledge that it is an offense to me, I'll forgive you. You know what the Bible said about us? It said, therefore, we are justified by faith. I like what the old writer said about justified. It's just as if I'd never sinned. I'll take that deal. Huh? You know why we're able to come in here this morning and praise God? Because he got the leaven out of your lump before you got here. He miraculously dealt with the problem that is in you. Don't tell me it ain't in you. The problem that is in you every day of your life is keeping the leaven out of the lump. And it takes a miracle to do that. But we have one that is promised to do the miracle. Oh, what a God. What a hope, what a wondrous God that he would do the very thing that we can't do, that he would work in our heart. First Corinthians, I read it to you, five. He said, purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. Turn with me now to the book of Exodus. I want to finish the sermon today with this thought. And, and you know, the, the Old Testament is a picture of, of those things that were coming. And everything that God established and set up as ordinances and rites of ceremony, things that are, were to be kept, were all pictures of those things that are coming. But turn with us into Exodus chapter number 12. And I want to talk to you about the protection from leaven. The protection from leaven. <laughs> if you're not careful... We talked about this in our Sunday school class this morning. If you're not careful, we just, we just use the fact that we're human as an excuse, right? God, you know I can't, I can't be perfect, so, you know, just, just look over me when I live in sin. Uh, that ain't how it works. But there is a protection from sin. And I want, I want you to see it through what the Lord required of Moses and the people of Israel as they were fixing to exodus from Egypt. God made some clear, clear requirements of them concerning leaven. I want you to look at what he said. Exodus 12, verse number 19. Seven days shall there be no leaven found in your houses. Let me start with that one. I've just got three here. I want you to look at what, what he said. If, if, if we're going to be protected from leaven, you know what the first thing he said, Roger? He said, get it out of your house. Right. Do you know if you leave sin around your house, you tempted to mess with it? That, that makes sense to anybody but me and Mildred. You leave sinful things in your house, it's a temptation to you every day. The first thing the Lord told him, he said, get it out of your house. He said, for seven days, not 
Any amount of leaven is to be found in your dwelling. None. Now, he was fixing to require them to go without leaven for seven whole days, and then they would keep the Passover feast. The point being is that we need to get ourselves right with God and get the sin out of our life before we come and, and receive the Passover supper, the, 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 the memorial that would, would encapsulate the, red, the deliverance of them from sin. What he said was, is get the sin out of your house. Because he way smarter than you. He knows if you leave it in there, he'll probably write you off anyway. You'll end up Messing up the whole lump. Get it out of your house, number one. But number two, turn with me to Exodus 13. One chapter over, verse number seven. He said, unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days. Seven days. So not only is it not to be found in your house, it's not to be upon your person. Look what he said, seven Chapter 13, verse 7, unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days and there shall no leavened bread be seen with thee. No leaven seen with thee. Neither shall there be leaven seen within all thy quarters. So not only is sin, now I'm talking about the protection from it. If you want to help protect yourself from sin, the consequences of sin, and your committing of sin, number one, get it out of your house. But number two, get it off your person. Now, that stands to reason, right? Surely, you're reasonable people. Think about this for a minute. Get the sin off the person. Don't carry the sin around. Don't be a part of the sin. You say, preacher, I don't even know what you're talking about. Listen, if money gets you in trouble, get it off of you. The Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. It ain't the money. It's the love of it. I can almost guarantee you the reason some of us ain't gotten more than what we got is so he can't trust us with it. Amen. Smoke on that one. Listen, sin affects all of us. And if we want protection from the sin, you better get it out of your house and you better get it off your person. If your phone gets you in trouble... You better take some hard, long looks at what you need to do to, to, to take care of that problem. Huh? Listen, God ain't confused about your motives. For the Bible clearly said that every man has sinned. The temptation comes when every man is enticed by his own lust. Lust, whether it hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death. You say, how how does sin begin? Temptation. So get it out of your house. Get it off your person. Lastly, Exodus chapter 12, verse number 19 again. What he said was, is he said, don't eat it. Do not, not only should you have it out of your house, off your person, but don't allow it in your person. Now, you could take that one and ain't got time to preach it all. But just think about that. The biggest sin generator you've got is between your heart and your head. Within those two things, you're capable of about anything, good or bad. Because out of the issues of the, or out of the depravity of our heart or the goodness of our heart, 
proceed to issues of life. Solomon said, everything that we go through, it comes from the issues of our heart. But every man is drawn away when he's enticed. Listen, it's out there. And it's crippling the church worldwide because the church inside is not holy, not righteous, it's not willing to commit or admit that sin is in their hearts and has been committed and that they need to repent of it and miraculously be forgiven. Get it out of your houses, get it off your person and get it out of your person, right? If your mind is filled with the sinful thoughts of this world, you need to deal with your mind. You need to deal with your heart and let God do something in you concerning sin that will move it from you and protect you from it. Let me close with this. Come get a song if you would. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22. The Apostle Paul would give them a very short sentence concerning this sin. Here's what he said, Scott. Don't miss this, Randy. He said, abstain from the very appearance of evil. You want, you want some protection? from the ill effects of the enemy's snare of sin in your life. And don't don't be confused today. He knows just exactly what makes you tick. That's what he'll bring to you. That's what he tempts you with. He said, abstain from the very appearance of evil. Very, you think God's messing around with sin? no. It was the problem with Eve. It was the problem with Adam. And it has been the problem of every human being since then. You know why Jesus had to die? Because we could not get rid of our sin. For the wages of sin is... But he said, miraculously, there is an answer for you today. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all. The problem ain't God. The problem is us. We need to repent of sin. We need to deal with the leaven that has been mixed into the lump. Because I can tell you right now, you can't get it out. You, you can try for a hundred more days, a hundred more years. You will not get rid of the sin. You have to take that to God. But if we confess our sins, he was faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I don't know your heart today, but you better deal with the sin that's in it. Yeah. This isn't a game, and there is a reckoning. There is a consequence for every sin. You will not escape it. It will find you out. Be sure your sins will find you out. When there is sin in your camp, you can be certain of this. God knows it. And if he has, if he has to, he'll shout it from the housetop. But God knows it. You better deal with your sin today. We need to deal with our sin. If we want to see the power of God among us, we're going to have to live without sin. 
We're going to have to take our sin to God every day and say, cleanse me, purge me, create within me a clean heart, restore within me a right spirit, renew within me a right spirit, and restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Amen. Everybody deals with it. But you better deal with it because if you don't, it'll take you down. Stand as we sing this morning and deal with your sin. Come to God and let him deal with your sin problem today. Hey, preacher, if I go forward, people are going to know I'm a sinner. You think for one minute, somebody thinks you ain't a sinner. There ain't one in this building that has not sinned. You can believe that from the devil and you can go right on into the grave. And you'll find out what happens to sinners in the end. Because they are an offense to God, an abomination. He is a holy God and there will be no sin in heaven. He'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And, and he will send you. God don't send people to hell. I think what the Bible said. God, people send themselves to hell. No, no. <laughs> I tell guarantee you, if you had the option when it comes to going or not going, you ain't going to hell. You're not going to walk that way. But that ain't what's going to happen. He says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I never knew you. And they, he said, and his angels will cast them into. You know why? Because they're a sinner. And the only way to not be a sinner is to come under the blood of Jesus Christ and be born again. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What about you this morning? If you've got sin, come. Let's get this right. All of us, let's get this right. Go ahead and sing.